The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Pollard streaks in! Touchdown! Parsons has second! Prescott keeps it! And he bangs it in for the touchdown! And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris... John Mashoda and Kyle Yeomans. Go! Go! Dallas Cowboys! For the second time in 2023, it is a victory Monday on Talking Cowboys as the Cowboys absolutely dismantle New York. And no, it's not deja vu. It was toppling Giants in week one. It was air traffic control in week two. But the Dallas Cowboys come out on top over the New York Jets 30 to 10 on Sunday. Welcome into Talking Cowboys, everybody, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, and they had their Black Rifle Coffee getting going for a 325 kick Woo. on CBS. Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, I mean, it was another dominant game from Dallas. That's really all you can say it with, and they did a phenomenal job from the jump, getting out early, and taking advantage of it as the game went along. Yeah, kind of the same things that we saw last week, just a different script. You know, last week it was the defense and special teams helping to get out to the big lead. This time it was the offense. They win the coin toss, they said, give me the ball, and they drive down the field and get seven points right off the top, and then, uh, you know, from there the defense was able to settle in. Micah Parsons got another early sack. Uh, um, the defense with uh, takeaways in the fourth quarter, were they were just this mantling as you said and just kind of help put the 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 final statement on this game but man all three phases are looking so good right now I mean we could look at you know the offense I I would say the red zone is a little bit of a concern I guess we'll get to that at some point but uh, the offense there's so many good things to be able to pull away from Uh, there's so many quick game action that they're able to uh, you know enable that things are looking so great with Uh, and then on the defensive side I mean point at anything things are looking great and then special teams Brandon Aubrey five for five on field goals and uh, Jerry Jones, we got ourselves a kicker, and we do, we do. Yep. So, uh, all three phases looked great yesterday. I like it. Complimentary football. We talked about it a lot yesterday on the post game show. These guys are coming out and taking care of business, right? DYJ. That's our. That was an old motto I had when I was playing for other teams. Um, but DYJ, do your job, and that's what all three phases of the game they're doing. Whether it's Mike McCarthy calling plays, whether it's Dan Quinn taking care of business, whether it's Bones Fossil making sure his guys are, are fully capable of, of delivering their portion of their contributions as well. Offense, defense, special teams, I love it. I'm sure we'll get into a lot more in depth, but this is all good stuff. I think the the most impressive part to me is the fact that it, it has been so, I mean, just game plan to a T in week one. You, you wanted to, to get up early and then be conservative on offense and take care of the football. Check, check, check. Yeah. The This game, it was more so a, a bit of a dogfight, at least in the first quarter, at least more than it was in, in week one against the Giants. It wasn't like it was it was really mano a mano, but it was at least a challenge there. I mean, it was 18 to 10 going into the halftime break, and you felt like at least the Jets had some sort of momentum that didn't carry over because time of possession took the air out of the football. Dallas led the time of possession, 42 minutes and 15 seconds. That's an unbelievable number. Second most in a non-overtime game in Cowboys franchise history. The the fact that they were able to control the time of possession against a team like the Jets that wanted to do the exact same thing, 
They beat the Jets at their own game, and they flex their muscles in doing so, and that's what's most impressive to me. Taking the best thing that the Jets do and just completely throwing it out of the the, the realm of possibility, and they did the same thing to the Giants in Week 1. I mean, we talked about it last week, the, the tandem of Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. Like We expected that there were going to be problems there, and you just kind of had to weather the storm and force them to throw the ball. They didn't have any problems. Eight rushes for 16 yards between the two, um, and, and Zach Wilson was forced to throw the ball very early on, and then as the game went on, when he was, yeah. they didn't have a choice, then it got really out of hand. But, man, that rush defense, and I think it starts with Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, he was all over the place yesterday in run defense. Uh, even early. Micah, got, yeah, and even Micah got involved. First play for yeah. scrimmage, early. yeah, yeah, getting in the backfield, and he was throwing guys around. Um, Jonathan Hankins was great. Even Mozzie got in there a little bit. Osa Digizua. I mean, that whole defensive line, man. It, it seems like every single person on that line is taking a step forward. And I think what's most impressive is Demarcus Lawrence being able to do that because we talked about so much at camp. You know, kind of. It was like there was one side of the coin that was like, okay, where's Demarcus Lawrence here when we were in Oxnard? And there was another side of the coin that was like, you know, he's putting up some of the high. Uh, energy numbers that he's put out since Mike McCarthy has been here. They mm-hmm. keep talking about him. Every staff member does. And we're starting to see that manifest with Demarcus Lawrence. He looks great out there. I'm, uh, But again, that whole defensive line, they, they've taken a step forward and you can clearly see that. I love the fact that that box got checked because that was the one question mark that you had on this entire team. Not that, just that box, yeah. no pun intended. Yeah, then you see that? <laughs> you see that? Um, that's, I mean, your bubble guts are gone. You know, the bubble guts are They're gone. gone. They're gone, Kyle. And I had them. They were yeah. there, right? It was it was a faint bubble gut, but it was still there, right? It was still a little bubble. We're drinking water. You were still you're still clinched <laughs> tight. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you had that feeling because you were unsure. Yeah. They were unproven. Now all of a sudden the New York Jets come in there and they have two dogs at running back. And they have an offensive line that's not the greatest offensive line, but these guys come they work well together. Okay, so with that two-headed monster, you had a test. You had a test in front of you, and they went out and they aced the test. I mean, these guys had 16 rushes, 64 yards. Mm-hmm. Shut them down. That is a shutdown when you have a Brees Hall and a healthy Brees Hall and a healthy Dalvin Cook. And you shut that entire unit down, and you force them, like we talked about last week, to get out of their game plan. Once you get out of your game plan, you're playing from behind against the Dallas Cowboys. Good luck. Yeah, the only time they found success running the ball was Zach Wilson escaping the pocket yep. in that last yeah. drive in the first half, but it was really just because of what they were trying to do defensively. You know, there was more, I guess, uh, pushback from from the the back secondary, so he was able to kind of find some running lanes. I think he ended up with 30 rushing yards on that drive alone, so mm-hmm. that's half the total. Uh, you yeah. take that mm-hmm. away, then no offense. Yeah, he had five for 36 out of the 64. Yeah. Yeah, so the, I mean, you take that away, and that's that's nothing. And also, the 64 just in its numbers entirely – that would have been the third best total in terms of rushing yards allowed in the entire 2022 season. The only two times that they did better in that time was the the wild card game against Tampa Bay. They allowed just 52 yards rushing, and then earlier in the season, 38 yards against the Los Angeles Rams against a really a depleted Rams team in that Week Five matchup last year. So, it, two times last year, Dallas was better in terms of run defense. Yeah. They they did give up 108 yards on the in the first game, but really a lot of that came in the, the for the opening drive for New York, and then as the game had already gotten out of hand, and things just kind of turned over for. You mean they had abandoned the run? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. But that's that's the thing is like that was <laughs> the that one. Happen? I don't know. That was the one knock. Yeah. That was the one. That was it? Achilles heel. Yep. No no pun intended. Sorry, Aaron Rodgers. I, I was too soon. That's not 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 a joke. Not a joke. That's a whole other conversation, joke. though. <laughs> it is a different conversation. Not a joke. The 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 whole point of this defense was they could not stop the run. But my goodness, if you're passing, you're, you're either going to get it picked off or you're getting in pressure. 
So there's there's parts of it. But now you don't have that. You don't have that weakness, at least through so, the first yeah, two games. Through, so, this is the first, first two, two games. games with a healthy defense and the way that they're playing after it, they have not shown a weakness defensively. I like it. I like it a lot. I want to read a quote from uh, from Micah Parsons. I'm, I'm trying to find it specifically right here. Um, okay, here we go. He was bold in some statements yesterday. I yeah, like so I, I asked him <laughs> I asked him in the locker room yesterday just about this rush defense and being able to limit those guys to just 16 yards. He said, to all those teams with those game plans, run at me, run at whoever, we coming. Mm-hmm. So did you see him there's quote, confidence there. Did you see him quote tweeting division yeah, opponents? I did, yeah, I saw him quote tweeting like, Jahan Dotson. Yeah, Jahan like, Dotson oh throws up 2-0, and oh and Micah just <laughs> quote tweeting and said, we coming. I, I think <laughs> there's maybe I'm a little coming. bit of Penn State uh, love there, um, just because you know they both went to Penn yeah, State. There might be a no little doubt. bit of a friendly rivalry there. But I'm still, sure. I mean, that's it, looking at it from the outside in, looking at it on paper, it's hilarious. I think, for the most part, this is a this is a dangerous defense. They've got all three levels to it, and I mean, which which part is it? Just no doubt, defensive line is that no doubt because the secondary had three interceptions yesterday too. A lot of that down the stretch, but has the defensive line been the one that's set the tone and led the way? Absolutely, it starts up front, and even in the fourth quarter when they were able to get those interceptions and and the dam just completely fell in for Zach Wilson it was because they were just applying pressure he had to get the ball out a lot faster than he wanted to uh you could look at that throw um that Malik Hooker got down the sideline um as a good example uh, he was just having to kind of throw it up and, and mm-hmm. hope that I believe it was Garrett Wilson could get down there and Hooker was just waiting for it so um that was an example I mean the Trayvon Diggs pick was an example Jalen Curse pick was an example it, it all starts up front and Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs they'd be the first people to tell you that too like they understand that the ball is coming out a lot quicker this year and it's only going to help them and that's that's the other part of it is the the offense doing their job to keep the defense fresh the defense was only on the field for 17 minutes do you think they get like half a game check this week because Dude, they, it was, they, what was it 41 snaps i think yeah 41 snaps yeah <laughs> You know what Trayvon Diggs said? He was like, I don't like it. It's like, do you like the, the, the time of possession battle being what it is? You know, somebody had asked him, and it was all like a peppy, like, hype question. He's like, no, I don't like it. I want to be on the field. Yeah. He was like, but it's a team win. We won, so whatever, right? Hey, you tell, I mean, the, if you played a full game, so let's, let's flip it on its head, okay? Let's say that the Jets had 80-some-odd, 80 was 81 plays, I think, Dallas had. 81 snaps, okay? And you had this defensive front of the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Break it up. Say it's four. We're about three. I call it three defensive lines deep. Let's say that. Okay, we're really like four. Okay. But everybody gets, everybody gets what 20, 20 plus plays. Yeah, yeah. I can. I, you can play twenty plays. Mm-hmm. I, I can give you everything I got. Twenty plays. No hesitation whatsoever. I'm giving you all everything I have. Mm-hmm. These guys had forty snaps total. If they were in the whole game. If they played the entire game. Yeah. So some guys who were rotating in maybe got ten snaps. Micah probably only got like twenty five snaps. Yeah. I can look at that. Twenty five snaps. Give like, me, give me five on. minutes and I'll find it. Like, like that is the that's a nightmare. Yeah, that's like me watching Freddy Krueger and freaking <laughs> and Problem Child. You know what I'm saying? All at the same time when I was a little kid. That's not what you want to face. You you your only hope is that you get a stay in your game plan or b wear them down enough where they're tired. Neither. Yeah. Neither are happening. No, it, it it isn't happening for for defense or for opponents in general. I think 
it also goes back to to the game plan that Mike McCarthy has set aside, and I, I think he deserves a, a bunch of credit. I think Dan Quinn does too. I mean, it's almost like you have two different head coaches. You yeah. got the head coach for the offense and the head coach for the defense, and both of them are doing their jobs exceptionally well right now. The the offense had their struggles, and we will talk about it in the second segment about the red zone and, and converting mm-hmm. on drives, finishing on drives. But there's also a conservative nature to this offense of let's not do anything too right. outlandish. Yep. Let's not do anything to turn the football over. This is the first time in franchise history the Cowboys have not had a turnover, not committed the turnover in the first two weeks. Do it. Do it. Thank you. Yep. But but it's there. I mean, that's that's a stat. Yep. First two games of the regular season. First time that the Cowboys have ever had a two wow. straight turnover-free games to start a campaign. So they're taking care of the football they're driving with the football. You just got to finish some drives. Yeah, they got a little bit of luck not turning the ball over yesterday. It looked like Sauce Gardner had, had one, one that he would still yeah. be running right now. Um, but it, nevertheless, this offense, and we've talked about it ad nauseum at this point, this offense is predicated around you know getting, the, getting things out quick, um, having quick reads, and w- when those things are manifested, it, it creates safe football, and it, it puts the ball in situations where they can't um, where they can't have turnovers. There was a situation in the first quarter yesterday where Tony Pollard had a, a ball from Dak Prescott that kind of got him like right here, mm-hmm. and there was a tackler right on top of him. And I just immediate PTSD. I was like, he's about to tip this up, and this is about to be a pick mm-hmm. six. But he hauled it in. It was good. It was fine. Everything was dandy. But I, I guess that was the only thing that I could look at yesterday, aside from the Sauce Gardner near pick six, that I was like, okay, that, that could have been trouble last year. But yeah. you know, this time around, it worked out. So maybe it's luck. Maybe it's game plan. Maybe it's a little bit of both. But uh, it's worked so far. Okay, here are the snap counts for the defense, going back to that, uh, that conversation we just had. There were four players that played 100% of the time. Leighton Vander Esch, J. Ron Kirst, Stephon Gilmore, Trayvon Diggs. All, of course, off of that second level. Then you've got Malik Hooker. He played 44 of the 47 snaps. Micah Parsons played 41 of the 47. Hmm. Then it's a significant drop-off. So it went from 100 for those four players, then 94 for Malik Hooker, 87 for Micah Parsons. The next man up, Deron Bland, played 55% of the snaps. So outside of that, Osei Digizua, Demarcus Lawrence each played 51% of the snaps. Everyone else on defense played under 50% of the snaps. Under 20-some-odd snaps. Yeah, the the next highest is Bland at 26. He was the first one in the 20s, and then it was 24, 24, 22, and then on down. So yeah, you, you do more. Fresh. You do more running than that when you're just doing conditioning on your regular workout days. Yeah, like just just being real, <laughs> just being real. Like it's easy work. That's beyond easy work. There's a thing called a 106 that coaches like to do, right? Mm-hmm. 106. You run across the field and you run back across the field. 53 and a half yards. Okay, 106. You got it. Okay, that is conditioning. You usually run about 15 to 18 of those, depending on who your coach is and how tough he wants to be. That how many day. did you run? I mean, I ran all of them. Kyle. I had to be in the front. Eighteen, absolutely. Twenty sometimes. Yeah. You got to do it. In, you got to do it in thirteen seconds. Um, he did two twelves. He didn't do one hundred and six. Yeah, he did twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you run more in conditioning. Yeah. Than those guys ran on the field. I mean, you're talking about Micah Parsons having what he has to run. Maybe if he goes straight from his defensive end position straight to the quarterback, you're talking about six yards. Uh, I mean, six by yard the time burst he gets there. It might be five. Yeah, yeah, five to six yard burst. And, and if the quarterback escapes and he has to run him down and force him to throw an interception to one of your, one of your defensive backs, you're running maybe twenty yards. Yeah. So they put that in perspective. We're talking about conditioning is substantially more difficult than the plays that they're actually running in terms of demand on their body. 
the first sack that Micah had where he just shot out of a cannon. It's insane. I would love to see how fast he got on that play because he was he it was shot out of a cannon. He yeah. came out of nowhere and almost took Zach Wilson's head off. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you defend that. There's not. There's. It's tough. I mean, there's. He's no getting way. back there in about one and a half seconds. Yeah. He's so. Can we? Can we do, I don't know if you could really zoom in. We can't zoom in. All right. Here, but here I'll, we go. I'll count it. Ready? Here it? we go. Here we go. Three, Three two, one. Boom. Snap. Sack. <laughs> That's it. Let's do it one more time. Let's do it one more time. Just for fun. Here we go. Beamer, beamers. In. All right. Here we go. This is for the two go. sacks from for Micah. those that are watching. Okay. Those that are listening. Here we go. Ready? Snap. Sack. Nah, that was a little early. You said yeah, 1.44. Oh, 1. 4. 4. Okay, 1.44. 4. <laughs> yeah. <You're> too, <laughs> that's it. It's too quick. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. I mean, how do you even process you don't. that? Okay. You don't. You, you don't, Kyle. Okay. Yeah. You hope you have something pre-snap that you can throw as soon as the ball is You snapped. You hope you have a Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You Get hope you have way. a Lamar Jackson that can just take off and go. Because that's the only thing that has hurt this Cowboys defense to date. In the first two games, the only thing that's hurt this Cowboys defense is a quarterback's ability to drop back, catch the Cowboys doing a stunt on the front line. They leave a, a little gap on the front on the front line, and then the quarterbacks are able to put their foot in the ground, take off, and get what they can. That's all that's hurt this defense so far. Yeah. So if you don't have that capability, that those, those characteristics, those attributes as a quarterback, all right now, bye-bye then. So do you worry about Jalen Hurts? I... I believe that their approach will be similar to that. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna do what they did last year, and they're gonna do zone read. Mm-hmm. They're gonna do that. They're gonna make mm-hmm. the defense end slow down. They have to. That's I mean, that's the best strategy. But every team doesn't possess that ability. That is not within the offensive scope of most teams, right? They, those guys are gonna do that well. That's what they do well. So you have the game plan for that. And they're not gonna see that until Philly. Yeah, I, I mean, the quarterback's coming up. I mean, no disrespect to them, but they don't have the mobility that obviously Jalen Hurts has. I um, mean, the quarterback's coming up. It, it, they would have that mobility if Kyler Murray was available, but it's going to be yeah. Joshua Dobbs. The closest thing you're going to come to that Next is week. going to be, I mean, I, and again, this is not even from a quarterback's perspective, but, you know, week five against San Fran because yeah, they do saying. so much moving. Yeah. They do so much pulling, so much misdirection. That's going to be the only thing that I could see on mm-hmm. terms of the upcoming opponents, Arizona and New England, that are really going to slow down these guys on terms of their rushing. And Debo's getting involved in the backfield again, so I, that's it's going to be a backfield challenge Correct. for sure. I think you're right. It'll be a similar challenge, but as far as having a mobile guy, no. you're not going to see that until Philly. Week nine. When we come back, though, I want to talk about finishing drives. How, how big of a concern is it that Dallas was unable to finish multiple drives? You ended up with five field goals for Brandon Aubrey. Great work, great stat, great job by the, the rookie kicker from Plano. But it, it, it wasn't necessarily something that was welcome from that offense. How do you look at that as a problem moving forward? Or is it even a problem moving forward? I think that's a big debate amongst Cowboys Nation right now. We'll talk about that when we come back. This segment was brought to you by a Dallas Cowboys Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan. We'll be back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. 
Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from my next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a soldier to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. This portion of the Talking Cowboys podcast is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. You just had your Quaker Oats. I just finished Oats. my Quaker Oats, Kyle. How were they? <laughs> Get out of here. Corny. High five. All right. I'm, I'm done with both of you. <laughs> what? We, I mean, we had some fun. What's up, John? How you doing? Oh, oh, you're turning uh, the empty chair before you turn to us. We need to put like a face card of John here when we he should. can't. Dude, that Let's actually is a Beamer? great idea. Beamer. I know Beamer's ready for that. We got to get a cutout. We need a cutout. Put him right there. That would be that funny. Would be funny. <laughs> All right. Defensively, the Cowboys set the tone. Defensively, they did everything they needed to 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 really enforce their will on the New York Jets. Control time of possession. They had four takeaways. Most most of those late in the game, but for by for the most part, it was stopping the run. It was slowing down Zach Wilson and forcing the Jets to punt. Who do you who'd you get the MVP to on defense? Oh man. Micah. Well, I mean, we got to do smelly stickers. Oh, in that's the next right. Segment. Sorry. So, Good talk. But guess where the hell? Guess where the helmet is? <laughs> minute forty-four, buddy. <laughs> that's your record. Coming. I'm, I'm it won't be, be like Micah Parsons. Yeah, I'm going to be like Micah Parsons getting up there. Uh, I, I want to talk about the offense though, because mm-hmm. there is a bit of a debate amongst Cowboys Nation. Twitter's down right now, but other than that, we're, we're there. We've seen the debate already. Was it okay to see conservative play calls? and points every time that Dallas got into the red zone as opposed to finishing off drives. I'm of the thought process that it's okay in this scenario because it's what the game called for. Get some points, continue to roll. My one concern is moving into the future when it is a part of the game and the scenario is there, they stall out and they aren't able to, to rely on just field goal points to win tight football games. Nick, what did you think about the red zone efficiency for this offense and what it looked like 
once the field was significantly shorter, how they stalled out on multiple occasions. So I want to start with week one, three for five on red zone opportunities and scoring touchdowns. And uh, of those three opportunities, I believe two of them, uh, they needed a third and goal situation. Um, yesterday, two for six uh, scoring touchdowns once getting into the red zone. Um, I, I I need to go back and watch the film to figure out what exactly is the problem. But once they get in short yardage, things become a lot more difficult. And I, I think part of it can be attributed to the fact that you've played really good interior defensive lines back-to-back weeks, um, guys that are really good in run, run defense and um, – a second level too that when they're not backed up five ten yards they can really come downhill and they can they can put a pop on you you know i feel like both of the giants and the jets they're able to do that well so maybe there's a little bit of a um i guess healthier play against arizona uh but it, short yardage run haven't been completely um encouraged by it just yet um, you know, I, I love what Tony Pollard was able to do on the two-point conversion. Hunter Lipke really paved the way for that one and, and got, got his nose dirty in there and set a good block. But you're not going to have that every time just because personnel is not going to always call for Hunter Lipke to be in the game for those kind of situations. Um, it, the only bright side I guess you could pull away from short yardage situations up to this point is they've been able to get the tight ends involved, whether it be Jake mm-hmm. Ferguson, uh, Luke Schoonmaker. They even handed it off to Peyton Hendershot, and he completely missed a wide-open hole for a touchdown. That's besides the point. Um, but they've been able to get the tight ends involved, and uh, it's been on first and second reads at times. The Schoonmaker touchdown, that was not his first read, but the play was designed where he was able to be open and kind of leak out and give an option for Dak. So uh, I, I think the pass game in short yardage or in the red zone has been has been good, uh, but they also haven't utilized C.D. Lamb, and I feel like he's, uh, he's at his best in the red zone because he's going to put guys uh, in a situation where they're going to be five yards away from him as soon as he breaks. I believe it was the... Um, the pass on third down where Dak was trying to hit Jake Ferguson in the back of the end zone, CeeDee Lamb was wide open in the other corner of the end zone. It just Dak mm-hmm. didn't see him. So uh, get CeeDee Lamb more involved, um, <clears throat> maybe pave the way a little bit more for, for running opportunities in those short yardage situations. But I, I guess that's the one concern I could pull away from these first two games. And granted, yes, it's 70 to 10, the score at this point. But yeah. uh, whenever you get in those uh, those dogfight games against uh, Philly or San Francisco and you need those points in the red zone, they're going to be tougher to come by i think that's the biggest concern for me is it, against the jets whenever you've outscored opponents 70 to 10 you can look at it and say it's nitpicking it, and it is to a certain extent but it's it's not always going to be like that you're going to face good defenses good fronts san francisco in week five is one is one that i've got circled right now because you will i mean new new england's got a, a really good defense don't yeah, get us yeah. wrong you'll see them in two weeks Cardinals aren't the same team that you just played back-to-back weeks. You should handle the Cardinals in week three. But with with the, the New England defense looming and the San Francisco de- defense looming, and we know what Philly brings to the table, you're going to face good fronts like you have in weeks one and week two, but you've got to find a way to get through that and to, to be significantly more efficient. This is the team that was number one in red zone efficiency last year. Number one. And, and that was one thing that Kellen Moore was really good at. And I'm not saying Mike McCarthy's bad at it by any stretch. I just think he's been very conservative. And it's a little bit concerning if it continues. Right now, it's fine. But it's one of those things where no, you don't want not, it to Kyle. continue. No, it's not, Kyle. It's not fine. It is fine No, right it's now. not, Kyle. They are 2-0. and They've won the game significantly. No, the overarching goal, yes, is fine. However, as an offensive coach, you want 100%. When you get to the red zone. Sure. That is his goal. His goal is to be 100%. We get down there, we score touchdowns. They hate kicking field goals. They'll take field goals, but they hate taking them if they being the fact that their goal is to go ahead and score touchdowns. So, from the coach's perspective, they are not satisfied with two out of six. Mm-hmm. 
Not even remotely. Even if they had one more, okay, percentage-wise, 50% in the red zone is pretty doggone good, okay? That's not going to be acceptable for the staff either. So, yes, it will get by these these lower-tier teams, these, these less competitive teams, but it's never going to be okay in the coach's eyes. So, whether Coach McCarthy has been, quote-unquote, successful in that regard to date or not, he's going to be finding ways to make sure this ball finds his way to the end zone every single time they get down there. I'll tell you this. Uh, this team has become a lot better when looking at just perspective uh, down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're planning for January and February more so this year than I feel like they have in recent years. And if you look at going 5 for 11 in the red zone with touchdowns, if you go 5 for 11 over the course of two weeks in the playoffs, you probably don't win one of those games. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's, that's a fact. And, again, we're nitpicking. It's only the first two weeks. But um, I just want to see a little bit more uh, success there. I, I want the short yardage running to be figured out. I want to get more guys involved in the pass game inside the 20. What did you think about the tight ends and the way that they they fared outside of just the, the red zone and the touches that they had there? Because Dak talked about it in the week confidence boost for the tight ends who had multiple drops in in week one and that was the one position that i think cowboys nation was looking at and saying ah we probably need a little bit more from you at some point what did you feel like they played like in that game and i mean the two touchdown grabs were nice but that was really about all they had from a production standpoint. yeah i did expect a lot more production from jake ferguson but i think it was just uh, kind of taking what was given to them and mm-hmm. what was given to them was a great game from cd lamb so that's true uh, when you have wide receiver one that's able to get open like that man it's you know i'm not going to nitpick that by any means because i feel like uh, what it, whether it was blocking or just getting open or setting guys up the tight ends did fine I'm, I'm not worried about how they played yesterday um from a production standpoint yeah maybe expected a little bit more but i'm not worried about it after after that one i would have been worried about it after after week one do you think not having brandon cooks even just as a pass catching threat affects how the tight ends are utilized or is that mostly just what is what has come from a from a pass distribution standpoint yeah, getting everybody i mean involved. not having brandon cooks is always going to affect you in some regard but it's it's the next man up you know mentality and the reality is coach mccarthy and dak is they're both doing a great job in shoddy of distributing the ball mm-hmm and when you can distribute the ball to everyone, now as a defensive coordinator, who do you have to worry about? Everybody. Everyone. Right? When you realize that everybody can hurt you, right? Now obviously, you know, obviously CD's gonna get his his share. He's gonna get far more than other people. That's that's a given. That's always gonna be the goal, get your number one playmaker the ball in his hands. However, every single person on this roster has touched the ball. When you think about guys that are going out there are expected to catch the ball, all the tight ends. All the running backs, Lipke's involved. I say he's involved because he's blocking. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all the running backs have touched the ball. Okay, all the receivers, that, except for Brooks. Brooks got out there and, and was at least, a, at least some form of He laid of a, a nice block on yeah. the edge. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying, like, everybody's involved. So, yeah. like, they're not this, – this is not a team offensively that just has guys on the roster just for just in case. He's putting everyone out there. If you're on this roster, you're going to make a con- and you're on the game day roster, you're going to make a contribution. There was times in my in my career, a lot of times where if you were on the team, like you were just there. Sometimes, you know, depending on who you were, like you might not touch the field even if you were on the game day roster. Yeah, even if you were active, yeah, even part if you were active, yeah. not here, not here. Like you better be in the game plan because you're playing on offense, and not just you're not just here to be a special teamers and a number six receiver. Yeah. You're not here just to be the the fourth running back and you know be a personal protector or whatever it might be on special teams. Like you're gonna play, and you better be ready to contribute. 
You brought him up, so I have to say it. The Hunter Lipke play of the day was the block uh, that he he laid in front of uh, Rico Dowdle off of. Yeah. Um, he, he got it out in the flat, and Rico picked up about 15, 20 yards. So every Monday, I think I'm going to have a segment. Hunter Lipke play of the day, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you brought him up in the first segment, too. Don't did, think of Yeah, you sprinkled yeah, you him in there. Uh, I don't yeah, even remember. Yeah, Man, yeah. it's like second nature. Yeah, I was about to say, it's just a voluntary, <laughs> involuntary reaction. Nine players with a reception. CeeDee Lamb had 11 for 143. Again, CeeDee Lamb is, is just on another level. Tony Pollard had seven receptions for 37 yards. Jalen Tolbert had three catches. Dowdle had a catch. Deuce Vaughn had three catches. Ferguson had three catches. Turpin, Gallup, and Schoonmaker all had one. Everybody. Yep. Everybody. Hide your wise, hide the kids. Everybody hitting the ball. Six different players had a rushing attempt. Tony Pollard set a career high with 25 carries. That's a lot. Did you like that? I do like that, actually. Okay. I mean, especially when you think about the fact they had over 80, 80 snaps. Yeah, they did. So I'll take 25 from, from Tony Pollard. It was the most touches a, a Cowboys running back got since 2019 against the Jets, Ezekiel Elliott. Hmm. Interesting. Fun little nugget there. Yeah. I'm, and do you think he handled the workload well? He didn't necessarily light up the stat sheet. He didn't hit the home run ball either like he normally would. Yeah, he had a couple that he squeaked through and, and um, you know, got off for about 15 yards. But um, less than three yards a carry, I'd like to see a little bit more efficiency there. Um, but I, that goes back to short yardage stuff as well. Um, just being set up in those situations a little bit better, too. What did you think about the offensive line, Isaiah? Chuma Adoga out in the early parts of the game. TJ Bass had to come in and play a significant number of snaps. I just think that these guys are, regardless of the position, but obviously offensive line position, next man up is is being proven, right? Tyler Smith goes out. Chuma Adoga comes in, takes care of business, right? Holds his own against a very tough interior defensive line last mm-hmm. week with the Giants. All of a sudden, he goes down. Now TJ Bass comes in, handles himself well. You know, I think he could have done better, but obviously he's young, right? Yep. Handles himself against another very dominant interior defensive line presence. So, you know, shout out to, you know, Mike Solari and what he's done with this group so far. Um, you know, it is you should you should yearn for the to be in a position where it doesn't matter who comes into the game. You're still going to be able to execute. And that's where this offense is right now, especially across the offensive line front. Dallas Cowboys fans don't know what it feels like right now to have their starting offensive line out there. And you're still put up 70 points in the first two weeks. Yeah. I love what Chuma Yudoga did overall. Um, and even when TJ Bass got, got in, he had his moments. But, man, I think it was his third snap. Quentin Williams said, yeah. welcome to the NFL, buddy. <laughs> it was, well, a, it he, was a tough He one. laid a seal block the play before that. Yeah, it was great. It was for a first down, came and pulled and just, boom, laid yep. the edge. Uh, I forgot who the tailback was. It was either Pollard or Dowdle. Snuck right in behind him and then had a first down. I think it was run. Deuce. Oh my! No, no. I think it was, was it not. I think it was Dowdle. Okay, okay. I want to say it was Dowdle. I can go look at the play specifically and give you a, give you a confirmation. But <laughs> he turns around and then the next play he gets thrown into the backfield and I was like, okay, like the ups and the downs. Here comes the roller coaster of a rookie undrafted free agent. I liked what what Bass had to play or had to do when he played. Adoga played 45 snaps. TJ Bass had 42. So he got a significant amount of work. I mean, when Adoga wow. went down. I didn't realize he played that much. He like, played I, a lot. I knew he played quite a bit, but I didn't realize it was nearly half the half Nearly the half the offensive snaps, of course. And we've talked about it already. They took 80 plays on offense. Mm-hmm. So they, that's a lot of snaps. That's insane. Yeah. It's a lot of snaps. All right. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, give us a text. 817 290 
3298. Who does your scratch and sniff smelly sticker go to this week? Who is your Cowboys player of the game? We're going to give ours next. We're going to allow for you to vote for the fans one. The fans voted for Trayvon Diggs last week. Who do they vote for this week? 817-290-3298. Smelly stickers coming up next on Talking Cowboys. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJack black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Back here with Nick Harris. Isaiah Stanback, Chris Beam in the back. Why are you flexing? Feeling very Micah-ish today, Kyle. Because you got the lion on? That's right. You see that right there, Beamer? That's right. The lion. You see it. Yep. All day long, baby. That's what, what I see rocking. is free advertising. Yeah, that's well, what I, I mean, see as well. Sh- I mean, I come from work, Kyle. So. Yeah, you do. You do have an excuse. You do. It is a great, great cause, too. I like it. All right. It's time for Smelly Stickers. Send us your... Player of the game for the Dallas Cowboys, the text line, 817-290-3298. This man right here is different. Do you know this man worked out the morning of his wedding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do know Craziness. that. Craziness. Yeah, it was fun. Wow. Yeah, it was really fun. Madman. 
Uh, we're going to get some of these smelly stickers. I see some votes for Deuce Vaughn, Tyler Biotish. There's a lot of texts coming in, so get your vote in. 817-290-3298. You guys can sift through it. All right, I'm going to let Isaiah start this one. Oh, he's going to throw me a smelly sticker. Because I think you you started or wait who started last week? Did I did. Nick, and Nick I started last bag, week because I didn't know the stickers were tied. Do you want Do so. you want a redemption to start? Then? No, I don't. I need okay. time. Need some time to think <laughs> about it. All right. You got to learn the stickers. You got to learn the palettes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'm gonna get some new ones. I promise. I'll get some new ones yeah, this I need week. Some new flavors. Yeah. Um, These are the same ones from when we started this tradition two years ago. All right. What there you got? got? All right. Nothing too crazy here. Okay. But I already know where you guys are gonna go. Hmm. I'm not gonna Do take you? it. I'm not gonna take the, the alley oop one. I might. I know. I'm, I'll leave that one up for you. Yeah. But you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna grab and grab this banana right here. Mm-hmm. This is a banana, right there. Not a plantain. It's a banana. You know why I grabbed a banana? It's not a plantain. Not a plantain, buddy. It is a banana. You know why? Why is that? Because Mister D Law is going bananas. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's going bananas. He is setting the temple. I know a lot of people are saying that Micah Parsons is setting the temple right now, but D-Law is quietly setting the temple for this defense, and everybody else is benefiting from it, including Micah Parsons. So, D-Law, you're going bananas. You know, it's funny. I walked in this morning, and he was the first person. He was. He's already done with his workout. He walked out of the building, and he had his breakfast in his hand, and on top of his to-go box, guess what I, What he had? It was a banana. Banana. That's right. He had a banana. That's so right. there you We're go. Sink, buddy. Uh, I'll give Nick some some extra time here. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, you ready? I'm ready. Go. Get after it. Put some respect on it, Nick. Come on now. If I need to be. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna peel off this this beautiful lime here. It's Ooh. a it's a bright bright green. Bright green. And, and you know what this bright green represents for me? Mm-mm. It's a green light for this pass rush to do whatever the heck they Ooh. want. So I'm going to give it to Bars. Michael Parsons, Bang. who was uh, definitely the leader of that pass rush group yesterday. It's a green light. Bars! A green light. I love it. Let me see the location. Let me check out the location. There. Yeah, you put it right there. Okay. Right. On the front. I see it right there. In the front. Yeah, yep. it looks right there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right there. Yep. Right there. Green light, just so everybody sees it. Green light. Bang. All right. I'm going to go with an apple. This apple right here. Y'all see that? It looks nice, right? Mm-hmm. Big, shiny red apple. It's like a snow white apple. It does look like a snow white apple a little bit. But here's the thing. With this apple, mm. what do you what is what are teachers known for, right? Teaching. Knowledge. Knowledge. Passing that knowledge on. <laughs> what happens whenever a student and really the students to, uh, collectively as a group, what do they do whenever they like a teacher? They give them an apple, right? Yeah. The old adage of mm-hmm. teacher and an apple with the desk, right? Correct. Well, that teacher's Mike McCarthy. Mm. And Mike McCarthy's mm. been teaching mm. this Cowboys offense how to execute a game plan. It's not always perfect. Neither are students. Mm. It's not always perfect. But they're teaching, and they're learning, and there's lots of learning going on with that Cowboys offense. So I'm going to give this one to Mike McCarthy this week. Mike McCarthy, our sticker. We've got a ton of votes. I might have to spend like an hour going through it. You can send your votes in, 817-290-3298. We'll get John Machoda's smelly sticker tomorrow. I might as well just leave this in here so I don't have to run up again. But Even though you did set a record today. I did set a record. By, point by one second. One well, point not even. Not even. Four, yeah, three. Not even. Quicker than Micah Parsons. Oh, is that a challenge? No. No. It's no, 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 no. Jamie. Not at all. All right. From week one going into week two, where was the biggest level of improvement? I asked you that question last week of 
What do you want to see as an improvement for this Cowboys team? Where do you think they did improve from their first game to their second game, Isaiah? Offensive efficiency. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. I think they were highly efficient in their execution of their offense. I think there's obviously there's still a lot that he has in the bag, which I love because in recent years we've become accustomed to a lot of things being thrown out there and being wild and ooh la la in the first couple of weeks, but Mike McCarthy has kept probably majority of of his supplies in the bag and I love that. But I mean, you talk about the efficiency rating of Dak, you know, going 81% passing mm-hmm. i mean you yeah. talk about getting out of the huddle guys getting up to the line of scrimmage knowing what they're doing getting 80 plays off that is insane that is college football type snaps when you talk about no huddle type offense and these guys are actually getting into the huddle or the that of the dallas cowboys so it's this is this is a highly efficient offense right now and i i'm loving it i'm with that i i think uh third down efficiency was something that was especially awesome to see in the first two plus quarters um until things just kind of got out of hand and then third down efficiency kind of stepped back a little bit uh but seven for ten that's what they started for for third down efficiency with uh during the game yesterday and i believe in week one they went six for 13 overall on third down so um that and then getting more guys involved uh, nine guys with the reception yesterday six in week one so uh just getting your playmakers involved and especially brandon cooks not in the equation either it would have easily been 10 guys with a reception if he was on the field so um yeah getting everybody involved and, and slowly increasing everything across the board, whether it be Dax completion percentage, third down efficiency, et cetera. Um, you know, you love to see those things. Yeah, I, I think the efficiency was was the number one thing. I, I still keep going back to that turnover or the time of possession stat. I think yeah, time of possession stat is nuts. To, to control the ball for, for 42 minutes, that's pure dominance. I mean, that's the way that you, you want to get the job done. I think there's there's still ways that this offense can improve, especially in finishing and drives, and we'll talk about that. I think going into the week and against Arizona, that's going to be a great opportunity to do so because they just don't have the same front seven that the Giants and the Jets do. Uh, but you, you're also just trying to make sure you keep that momentum going on offense and still moving the ball. They've been able to move the ball nicely. They've moved the ball significantly, but you got to find find a way to finish drives. That's kind of the the one thing, uh, the one knock against this team right now is you got to finish. All right. When we come back tomorrow, we will be taking your calls eight 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 five five two two nine seven. We will start lining those up very early. You can also call Nick Eatman's Cowboys storyline. By the way, congratulations to Nick Eatman. 500 games covered. Big 500. 500 games covered. He he hit that 500 mark yesterday. We got to talk about it a little on pregame live. And it was a a cool moment to get to celebrate for for Nick. And he does a phenomenal job on his new podcast. So give him a call, 888-855-2297. He goes live at 10 a.m. Central Time uh, here in just a couple minutes. But for Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. It's a Cowboys victory Monday again on Talking Cowboys as they defeat the Jets 30-10. to 10. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys from the Star and Frisco. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!